Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. You are tuned in to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, hosted by Jay, Aaron and Big Tasty Ben Jackson. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. We are a thousand followers on Twitter strong now, so Troy will be tri- shaving Dolphin to his test, but Troy isn't here right now. My name is Jay, I'm joined by Big Tasty Ben Jackson. And Aaron, the bald man, Sutcliffe, how are we, fellas? Bald. I mean, I've been bald for a while, so it's, it's fine <laughs> for me. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It's tasty. He's acclimatized to it. It's not very effective. Yeah. Aaron, on the other hand. Yeah, it's super effective. Yeah. It's like, it's like hitting a rock Pokemon with water gun. There's a deep cut for you, lads. How are we anyway, other than that? Are we all good? Yeah, yeah, great. We had a good episode of uh, Dynamite this week. I thought pretty strong. Yeah, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It wasn't again no no massive peaks, but no real troughs. It was like it was just constantly yeah. solid to good wrestling. There wasn't the absolute through. drizzling shit like there have been the last like week or two. Yeah, so it was a plus for me. Um, yeah, should we get started talking about it? Yeah, I mean, let's. Oh, what are you gonna say, Big Tasty? Well, yeah, straight off the bat with. Everyone's favourite small man. Yeah. Hangman Page. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off with a Hangman Page versus that fucking child, John Silver. The meat man. Uh, meat man. Officially known. JR called him. Well, Evil Uno called him as well. Yeah, Evil Uno got it over. It's fine. Yeah, Evil Uno says he requested this match for the meat man. Um, to prove the Dark Order a power. Uh, Johnny says, Johnny Hungy. Um, and the match starts back and forth from... Um, so, just a quick note on the, the Johnny Hungy thing. Like, it's Obviously, it's a bit cringe. And we all love it because it's a bit cringe. Um, it's actually... It, it works because of like how bad it is now. Like, John Silver's like that perfect, like sort of self-aware, like, you know, oblivious dickhead that you can just carry it off with and it doesn't hurt him. It's amazing. It, it's the fact that the way his like hands are, like he goes up like that with his hands, isn't he? Like Johnny Hungy, and his hands yeah. are like the size. Reminds of post- me of- his, his hands are the size of postage stamps. <laughs> this, this is, is going to be me showing me age. Aaron might not even be aware of this, um, but he reminds me of you know Golden Axe, the little guy who has the bag with all the health potions in that you have to hit. <laughs> That's yeah. what John Silver reminds me of. I'll I'll send you a gif of it, Aaron, because you'll, uh, you'll probably I'll agree. Take your, I'll take your word Aaron, for that. It's, it's, <laughs> Aaron, it's, it's a 2D video game. Whoa! <laughs> but the, the reason he reminds me of that is when he uh, tried to steal the uh, TNT title off Cody that time. Yeah. And he was walking like... just <laughs> <laughs> like John Silver's the little health potion guy from Golden Axe. Um, no, you would have played it on... Actually, you would have played it on one of the games that you rated really high, the Sega Collection. So there. Anyway, back to that's a different podcast. <laughs> back to this one. Um, so the match starts with a bit of back and forth. Silver tries to get Hangman to pose with him. Hangman just lamps him. Um, Silver tries for a fist bump to start the match off, doesn't he? He's like you know, he's, he's quite open. Yeah. Here he is. It's, it's, it's obviously they've made the like, they've made no secret about the fact that they quite respect Hangman. The Dark Order. There's almost like a it's almost like a recruitment sort of deal. They want they sort of want to impress him. They want to get on his good side. Also, that just remind me of something big, tasty. I mentioned this last week about Hangman joining the Dark Order. 
and you said, nah, BTE isn't canon. Yeah. That stage like fucking milk, hasn't it? Make you show a recap of BTE. <laughs> True. Okay, yeah. Hangman, hangman hanging out with the Dark Order. Um, so yeah. I have uh, a BTE attention later on the show and that, some more to support my theory. So we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll leave that for now. We'll okay, well, this little strand of BTE is very, <laughs> very much canon. Um, the trade shops, Hangman hits a big backdrop on John Silver and the height he gets on that. Thought that fucking child John Silver was going to break break the fucking orbit, mate. Yeah, it was higher, um, than, Matt, higher than Matt Riddle. Well, we spoke about that already on a, a raw podcast. <laughs> How much weed is too much weed, Matt Riddle? Um, it's somewhere between Riddle and Rob Van Damme, isn't it? Like. Riddle and Val Venus. Like <laughs> own a weed dispensary, Val Venus. He does. Yeah. His name, his name on Twitter is Captain Cannabis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Fair play>. yeah. <laughs> um, the the trade there, waist locks and silver slaps Hangman on the ass playfully, and that's Hangman like, tries to throw him out the ring. Everything about that was brilliant. So, like the way that Silver sold it, the way Hangman sold it, and then the way the commentary team sold it was just absolutely perfect. He gets more and more homoerotic as each week goes by, doesn't he, Silver? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then Tony Schiavone calls on commentary John Silver, the meat man. JR replies, how long till we get meat man t-shirts? JR, mate, you're a commentator and you've got a t-shirt. Settled in. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the referees have a t-shirt now? The referees now have a t-shirt. And it says the rhombus of refs. Yeah. Since we started this podcast, the Young Bucks have brought out two new t-shirts. Yeah, um, <laughs> as every minute goes by, the young bucks print a new t-shirt. Um, <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded like you were doing like a charity advert for like you need to for some. That's, that's all I was going for. <laughs> every every five minutes, the young bucks release a new t-shirt. <laughs> um, Silver blocks the triangle clothesline with um with a kick, and then hits a crossbody followed by more kicks. Uh, uh, hit the really JR, nice looking snap jam and suplex as well. Uh, JR taking us out the moment just by randomly going, tomorrow I'm making my first pumpkin pie. I mean, I'm excited for him, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Silver's yeah, Silver, Silver almost hitting like yes kicks on um on Silver, isn't he? Like the proper like slappy stiff kicks. Like I like him. Yeah. Yeah. The recruitment kicks. Um yeah. It's a snap snap jam and suplex. Uh Hangman and Silver dodge both dodge dives and then Hangman hits like a sliding clothesline. Um gets a fall away slam and a run and shoot and star press for a two. Silver reverses the buckshot into a hurricane runner, which looked amazing. Yeah. Like the actual height that Silver got for such a tiny, tiny little man. <laughs> um for a fucking child. Um was ridiculous. Uh gets a two count off that. He hits a German superplex and a bit uh, and a brain buster. For a two, um, get close to off that brainbuster as well. Like, yeah, everyone's been everyone's been watching um, that Kota Ibushi thing where he kicks out at like two point nine nine, and they're all trying to do it themselves. Um, New Japan partnership confirmed. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, more kicks by Silver. Hangman goes for a backslide. We get more kicks by Silver. Hangman hits a Liger bomb. Followed by the buckshot to win the match. Uh, I thought this was a really fun match. Yeah, and I felt I feel like John Silver like 
we talk about how obviously he's a comedy character and he's he's a fucking child. Um but he seems to have really good chemistry with everybody. I think he's just a really technically sound wrestler. Everything he does looks good. It's smooth. He's quick. He can go top. You know, he can do everything. He's not, you know, he's not Kenny Omega, but he can. You say you can put him onto, you can put him on the curtain jerk, you can put him in the mid card, and he can have a match with anyone. Uh, this match was great. It did everything it needed to do. Silver got to show what he can do. He got some good offense in. Hangman got the win. Got to, he started the rebuild on him, so he can sort of build himself back up to the to the top ranks. Yeah, it, it, it ticked all the boxes. Yeah. Um... After this, after the match, um, the Dark Order come out to check on Silver. The Hangman's like ready to fight them all. Um, sexy, sexy Evil Uno in a wonderful suit um, stops Hangman and says, calls the Elite a cult and then says the Dark the, the Dark Order's here for him if he needs them. The words he used were, he said he was in a group that he wasn't allowed to leave. And he said, and that sounded like a cult to him. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. That was yeah. such a good line. Um Evil Uno, though, he's another one. He's, like, a really good talker. And him and, him and Sue Grayson are, like, a legit really good tag team. Like, they don't get as much cre- credit as they deserve because, uh, obviously, I know you know them from Shikara. Yeah, um, it's the Super Smash Brothers, indeed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I I really like the Dark Order. Like, as, and as I say, I think they've got, like, some, like, really good sort of Dark Horse wrestlers in there, like, like John Silver, like Uno and Grayson. Um, even Alan Angels, he's really good. Yeah. Apparently, a minute. Matt Seidel had an amazing match on him. Dark it's really weird. Like, none of none of the guys in the Dark Order are evil, except for Brody Lino. Like, yeah, everyone's just dead nice. Like, Evil Uno is dead nice. Like, you know, John Silver and, is dead Anna nice. Anna Jay's evil too. Oh yeah, Anna Jay's evil. She's evil to stupid. Anna Jay's to be the pure evil. Anna Jay's the devil. Well, we we find that out later. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ten's just like dopey, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I say that according to BZ, he's got a cocaine addiction. <laughs> it's it's part of true. Crazy sugar, mm. mate. Hi. Um, anyway, <laughs> after this, um, we got Marvez talking about Kenny, about, talking to Kenny, sorry, about the contract signing. Um, Kenny talks about how like they're both considered best in the world, but the more things change, um, how like. He he's like gone from being the considered the best in the world to Moxes, and then he is. He makes reference like offhand to Moxley being the PWI number one, being on the cover of magazines. He said that he stopped seeing his picture on the front of magazines, and he started seeing yeah. Moxley's. And it was a really nice. There's a, like a really nice like sort of layer of arrogance to Kenny's promo. No. Like he's like he's almost like he's um he's trying to claim like a glory that's not there anymore. Yeah. Which is which is pretty cool, and he, he's, he's sort of searching for it. So in a way, you know, even though he's acting like a bit of a prick, he is on like a bit of a, a voyage. He's on a journey himself, trying to sort of recapture what he, you know, Kenny's golden age. Kenny's Kenny that we love. Huh? The Kenny that we love is what we want. It's what we're slowly and surely building I, up to. Well, see, I was about to say Kenny's new character. I kind of, I quite like that he's like. He's a cowardly heel, but he's also like adamant he's the best. He's basically Ric Flair at this point. Yeah. And he's doing a really good job with it. Um, he asks Mox as gentleman to leave the garbage wrestling at home and beat him on ability alone. Um, and then that he comes back in and he says, oh. Yeah. He comes back in and says, um, Mox was talking about his dad last week. 
my dad would beat the shit out of Mox's dad. Oh, the, mo- the most heel thing he's ever said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think mean, it's a great promo. He's got he's got a point because I don't know what it is. Just Moxley without weapons is very cookie car to me. I don't know. I think it's very. I think he's um, kind of like grown a bit in the last year where he's been doing a lot more like MMA kind of stuff. See, I think he's gone stale for me. Like, I don't know. It's just the same thing over and over again. I get what you. I get what you mean. Like a, a John Moxley match, you're expecting. It's kind of like you're expecting a Bruiser Brody kind of match where like there's going to be fighting in the crowd, there's going to be weapons, there's going to be all kinds of madness. Um, and I think they've deliberately allowed for that dynamic to like kind of grow on its own. Yeah, because it is, it's very much like um, obviously to go back to about ten years ago, there was the whole Ric Flair and Mick Foley argument where Ric Flair was like saying well Mick Foley did nothing for wrestling because all he did all he was was a glorified stuntman and I'm not saying that's where AW are going but I think they're kind of alluding to it that Kenny regards himself as the best wrestler in the world and he thinks that it's an insult that Moxley it's it's just Kenny trying to explain away his loss last year because obviously Mox has a victory over him but Kenny's arrogant way of getting around it is by saying oh no that wasn't a proper match that doesn't count that was that was Mox it's not on the record Yeah. yeah yeah It's just, way, it's just it's just a way for him to to stroke his own ego and be like, well, he hasn't beaten me. He can't beat me in a, in a straight up match. And uh, I'll stroke your ego for you, pal. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll find out next week. I mean, if Mox if Mox can have a, if anyone can have a good match, you know, straight up match with Mox, it's Kenny. So we'll see what they're yeah. what they're all about in a in a more more I straight mean, list of her. Yeah, I think the thing with Mox is like as as I say, like even when he's having a normal match, he started doing more like MMA based stuff, and he's doing a bit more like strong style stuff like um, the match with uh, Eddie Kingston yeah the fact he that Eddie Kingston he wasn't really the hardcore guy like Kingston was the hardcore guy in that match pretty much oh no I mean I mean though not the I quit match the actual one on one match they had oh yeah where they were just chopping the shit out of each other and like Larry and the shit out of each other and just doing lots of strong style stuff so I think it's one of them like I, I think it, if anybody's gonna have like a match with Kenny where it's gonna it's going to be considered as like the comeback of the cleaner. It's going to be Moxley because Moxley's wrestling the style of a lot of guys he wrestled in Japan. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm very very excited for this match. I didn't realize it was coming this soon. Um, it's, it's, it's like November's gone away and this is crept up on us. But um, yeah, yeah. There's there's more about we can talk more about this match in a little bit because there's any yeah. better an even better segment to build this match just, up coming. Just to do a quick plug as well, we'll be live streaming this next week on our Facebook channel and possibly Troy's Twitch. Um, yeah, after this, uh, Darby Allen video, he sets fire to a car, calls out Team Taz, writes on the roof, spray paints on the roof, survive if I let you. A more aggressive in tone, this. Like, a lot of Darby Allen's videos have been kind of passive, kind of like, this is just who I am. This is like him actually threatening like people, which is nice to see a bit of aggression, a bit of sort of forward momentum for Darby. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was cool. Um, after this, we get the newly christened Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh. So I've, anyway, no, so I've just what got a name. I've just got Powerhouse Hobbs versus some jobber. Versus how dare you? That's <laughs> Lee Johnson. He's part of the Nightmare Family. Oh, of course, yeah. If you um, didn't he's know the, that, he's the guy who gets Cody a fucking Gatorade when he's run out. 
And my, my notes for this match written in its entirety is just Hobbs just kills him. Yeah, I've literally got like three lines for the actual match yeah, where it's... I've got new name and the finisher. That's it. See what I what was the finisher? Because I couldn't put my fucking finger on no. what it was. Was it not just a world's strongest slam? It was a world's strongest slam, yeah. But kind yeah. of he kind of he kind of had him like clutched and then he sort of threw him. It was like a pop up almost. He sort of threw him up yeah. and then like slammed it down. Okay. Yeah, I only, it was, saw, it was, I only saw it as he was like landing it properly when I was writing notes. It was nice. Um, ah, it, was, it looked good. It was a good look. He'd done it better than Mark Henry. We'll he, he come, whoa, <laughs> how dare you? Show some damn respect to the I mean, world. I, 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 love, I love Mark Henry, but he kind of did just fall over with it, didn't he? Was, he? He just fell over, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Hobbs just throws Johnson around, clotheslines him outside the ring, throws him into the barricade, nearly gets counted out, probably should have got counted out. Um, <laughs> fucking mud show, um, and then yeah, they were outside. They were outside the ring for fucking ages, well longer than the ten count. They always say though in AW, they always say the refs give a bit of leniency to the performers. They to, do. They don't like to have countouts. They sort of, they, they sort of imply, especially yeah. in pay per views. WWE. Well, well this was a fucking squash <laughs> match on Dynamite. Yeah, but you, you know you got to you got to protect the integrity of the universe. Just get them in the ring. Um, you're gonna take. Yeah, you're, so gonna there, you're, you're, you're gonna out there and tell Powerhouse Hobbs that he needs to get in the ring because he will fucking slam you, mate. No, that's true. He, he, he's a big guy. <laughs> he's real scary. I he, I, he's scared. <laughs> me, but don't think he. Don't think he's got a really mean look on his face as well, hasn't he? Will Hobbs. He's really switched. He's, he's really switched up his look and his stance and everything about him. The way he moves is a yeah. lot more aggressive also, now. The way he came out in a Taz singles. <laughs> so they killed it when his single was too smart for him on his thighs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was rocking the orange and black, and he came out with like the towel, like the Mike Tyson slash Taz sort of towel. Yeah, um, it's cool. Um, after this, Taz comes in the ring. Um, he says he's sick and tired of the FTW title being disrespected, not recognised. Hang on, is this the the FTW title that he was actually allowed to defend in a real match on Dynamite? Yeah, it's not recognised. So it has been recognised, the fact that it was defended. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's more because Cody um, did the whole promo, didn't he? Yeah, what they're trying to talk about is the ranking system, so I think Taz wants to imply that Cage should be ranked higher as he is the FTW champion. Yeah. Um, Taz's mic gets cut and he takes Justin Roberts' mic and says he'll take the commentator's headset um, if they cut his mic again. He wants someone from management to come out and acknowledge him. Um, Cody comes out and he it said... Had to oh, be Cody. With his fake headset on, like he's doing. Yeah. Like he's doing <laughs> booking. It, it's, clear, it's clear as day to me that this shock thing's died a death already. Um, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Cody comes out, says Taz is done. He makes Hobbs and Starks versus Cody and Allen for next week and says, I'll retire the title, I'll hang it up with all the others. Is that what you want? And Taz is like getting angry then, saying like you're patronising me. Cody then turns around and takes too fucking far. How dare he? Everyone says, Cody Rhodes is a baby face. This was almost the most heel <laughs> thing I saw on the entire fucking show. <laughs> Cody asks Taz why his son Hook which is a good name, great name for Taz's son, by the way, Hook. Yeah. Um, is training with him and not Taz. 
And Taz even goes, you took what? You've gone too far. That's, you had to do that. You bail it on me in front of everybody. And Taz walks out and Cody's like, sorry, you had to see that, guys. Like, an absolute fucking shit back here. Like, like I do when I wind Aaron up too much on this podcast. <laughs> and then I, I like to go, sorry, you had to see that, guys. Um, and then Taz locks the Taz mission on Cody. I pop like a motherfucker for that. Yeah. yeah, I that's absolutely the first transmission in a long time on TV. I shot out my fucking chair when Saz did that. I was like, "Get him!" And Cody told it like he was Cody told it like he was dying as well, which was really nice. Yeah, um, Nightmare Family make the save, and then Taz's son Hook comes and picks up the FTW title and leaves with Taz. <sighs> yep, interesting, interesting. I'm sure we'll have something else to talk about that later. Uh, then we're on to the segment of the podcast. I usually let Big Tasty take the reins with this. So, what's Eddie Kingston got to tell us, mate? Well, Eddie Kingston's backstage and he's cutting a promo. And he's been asked, obviously, about, you know, Death Triangle reforming last week and, you know, what are his thoughts. And, uh, you know, he, he, cuts, he cuts a real nice promo in the, in the Kingston way. He said he's not mad. He's not angry. He's just, he's really disappointed. You know, he's, 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 he's the teacher. He's the responsible one. He's the adult here. And I say one line. Go on. <laughs> Pack, pock, bing, bong, whoop, whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah, Kingston, Kingston and Full Flow is like a, it's like a, it's a majestic thing. And then we get um, we get a little interruption because Moxley's here and he's looking for the person who beat him up last week. And he doesn't even say anything. He just walks up to Kingston. Yeah, I, I I face did, to face. I didn't even click on like, oh yeah, you got attacked. It was until Lady Kingston went, look, mate. It wasn't me. I'm busy. I was like, yeah. "Oh, I he's looking for his attacker. <laughs> that makes sense." Yeah, I love the way he's like. <laughs> Takes so long. I love the way he's like. Look, you know it wasn't me. I would have just done it to your face. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of alludes that he's at war with Pack, which I've got a theory about this, which I'll talk about later. Cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was great. It was great promo. It's nice that they sort of scattered in that little bit of, like, I mean, I don't think they're going to go back into a program anytime soon for the for the title, Moxie and Kingston. But it's nice that they just keep that. Just remind you that that was a thing that happened, and this is, this is, an, you know, this feud left scars on these guys, like emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever. You know, these guys, it's something they can reference and they can call back to, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a blood feud, wasn't it? As well, it, so. it was. It was the deepest, like in terms of psychologically, a, a Mox feud has gotten since he became champion. And yeah, biggest so. threat to Mox is title by like far. He's, the only, guy, he's the only guy who got two runs at it. So, yeah, uh, Eddie Kingston at the night messing up my phone, Shui, trying to have an easy night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Eddie Kingston. He's just great, isn't he? He's yeah. just such a he's such a shit, but in a good way. Um, what do we have next? After this, we've got Top Flight versus TH Two. T H Two. Good music, not music we hear often Dynamite, but uh, I was into it. It's it's good music, but at the same time, they should rename them from TH Two to TH Who Cares. Um, wow! Well, how dare because... you speak about Angelico like that? How dare you speak about Lucha, Lucha Underground, Trios Champion, Angelico? Wow! I, I actually quite like Angelico. Uh, Don't you I know just... he's he represented the rest of the world in the WCPW World Cup? I'll have you know. I, I just don't he was like born Jack in Evans. South Africa, but trained in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
they had him down in South Africa. He got to the final 16 and everything. Jack Evans is annoying though, isn't he? Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that, that's the point I was making. Um, anyway, so got chain wrestling at the start from Darius and Angelico. These guys like really, really impressed me with that, some of their chain wrestling they were doing. That like spinning arm drag that Darius hit was real tasty. Mm. Like real nice, real crisp. Yes, yes. We, we, we said this last week. I mean, everything that Top Flight do, considering how young they are, everything they do looks so smooth, so crisp, so legit. Like legit is a word I used repeatedly last week to describe them. And uh, they, they 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 showed it again this week. Spoiler alert: they looked really good. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I've been really impressed by them. You wouldn't think they're like literally at the start of the career. You'd think they've been gone for years. They love they love a double team move that ends with a drop kick because they are proper motion machine gun fanboys, and I respect that. Yeah. Well, it was like like I said last week, if private party are like the new books, then these are the new Motor City machine guns. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, is that private party? No, it's tough like me. Oh, sorry. There's a couple of really <laughs> nice, there's, there's a really lovely same little bit in the middle of the match where they, they both hit like sort of topes one after the other, one through the ropes and then the next one over the ropes. Like the timing again was, was just perfect. I mean, kudos to, to TH2 on this for this match as well. They, they made them look good. Like they really did. They... Yeah, there, there was a lot of really cool double team moves as well. Like um, Top Flight hit a double um, set of power at one point onto Evans. Um, also, that missile dropkick, and we just talked about that, that Darius did, where he's, so he did a hesitation dropkick off the fucking top rope. Yeah. And the airtime he got on it was insane. I was just like, well, is he going to come down? Or is he just fucking going to enter the stratosphere? To be fair, also, slightly later in the match, um, Darius, Dante did a, a frog splash where he was up in the air for about 15 seconds. Mm. Yeah. The, these guys are awesome. I, I love them. I, they're already like one of my f- new favorite tag teams to watch. Um, TH2 at a combination 450 for a two. Dante reverses a buckle bomb into a sunset flip power bomb, which looked awesome. Got a two out of that. Um, and then TH2 win after Angelico locks in the Navarro lock. On that the, looked really cool. Well, I've never seen that move before. And that, that was, Navarro I, death lock, it was called. Um, I really like Scalabeth. that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. We were talking about in the Indian Deathlocks on our Raw review, um, because Cedric Alexander started using one as like a transition move, um, and this was like that only, um, and Helico like tw- twisted really quickly. Yeah, he sort of so, jumps and like whips his hips, around, like legs around his hips around, so it looks like he, he sort of like slams him onto the mat as he falls, and then he locks the submission, in, which was yeah, super nice. Yeah. So it looked like it. It looked like it snapped his leg as he did it as well. It looked nasty. Um, yeah, Dante tapped straight away. Um, well, not straight away. They give him a little bit of time. Yeah, he was in it for about. He was in it for about five seconds. He sort of crawled a bit. He did the. He did the. The arm yeah. up and he teased it, and then like they give. He, they he give gave. a lot that he was. They give enough that he was like showing he was trying to fight out of it at least. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan. So I mean, obviously MMA. In like in the last twenty years, MMA has changed the way people perceive wrestling in, in measurable ways. The one mm. thing, the, the the biggest sort of thing that it doesn't annoy me, but the biggest sort of disconnect is sub, like when people get locked in submissions for like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 seconds, and it just looks weird. Like it should always be in MMA. It's always because it's real. It's always about the the, 
the struggle to put to lock the submission in, and then as soon as it's in, it's it, it's over. You know, you see someone get locked mm. in a Kimura or like a triangle choke in MMA, and it's literally a five second tap out because the guy's going to pass out or die. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of that sort of. They did like TNA used to do it loads with Samoa Joe. It was always like the struggle to and Baszler uh, in WWE. It was always like if she got the move locked in. It was game over, and like I'm, I'm more a fan of that. Yeah. It feels more dangerous that way when you know instead of people yeah. sitting, sitting in the walls of Jericho for t- two minutes. Well, yeah, because <laughs> if you got if you get someone going like getting to the ropes, um, or breaking out of a submission hold, it's basically like kicking out of a finisher, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I understand that you need to have the, the it's, it's it's a big face thing, isn't it? Crawl off the ropes and whatnot for the spot, but I think mm. it. I mean, I'm, I'm not one of these guys. I mean, it's, it doesn't no. have to be realistic all the time, but still. I agree on some level, but there's a difference between like a chokehold and the walls of Jericho. It's either like you're you're fighting through the pain, or you're going to get choked out. Yeah, like you can't yeah. get choked out on the walls of Jericho. So yeah, but uh, I, I, I think the, that's the way it gets away with that. But yeah, but I think the the point being made is that like it, it's cool to see like. Like in a, yeah. in a couple of in a couple of seconds, they were able to like make it look like you still fighting to get out of it, and then he just went, "No, nah, this is too." You could, you, could t- you could tell that whole story in like a ten second period, and it makes the move seem scarier because if you know the guy's yeah. literally got ten seconds before he has to give in, then yeah, that, I, I'm just very- saying that because I had to spend my childhood watching Shawn Michaels just scratching claws submissions so. <laughs> for a bit two minutes. I'm at. Yeah, I saw the Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit submission match in the I Quit match, where it was literally, I think, ninety percent of that match was one of the one or the other in a submission hold. <laughs> Didn't Jericho legit get choked out by a crossface yeah. in that one? I remember the, the finish was him passing out in the crossface, which I'm also fine with. Like the pass out submission, that's that's fine as well. You know, I'm down with that. Yeah, that's why Aaron's got no hair. Yeah, it's true. Very true. <sighs> Headlock of the table, guys. Headlock of the table. Don't um, call her. <laughs> make him understand um, yeah after, after the match um, uh, what's his name Angelico for, um, I forgot my words there after the match um, Angelico uh, refused to break the hold Young Buck Bucks make the save well no, so TH2 go full heel here so Angelico's obviously yeah. got, got the, the hold locked in he's refusing to release it and then Jack Evans just steams into the ring so he can just start kicking at the, the, the Dante who's in the hold Jack Evans is a gobshade isn't he what's and a yeah, the, the, the Bucks the Bucks come out and uh, yeah drive them off make the save yeah. obviously it's, it's, the, it's the sort of the, the sort of flip of last week yeah um so yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it was a great match. It obviously wasn't quite up to the standard of the the Young Bucks match last week, but you know, nothing really could. I be. wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if top if top flight somewhere down the line end up beating the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, they could give them that that, that room eventually. Well. I mean, it's it, it could, they could turn this into a thing like of them looking for the first win. Obviously, they have the they're zero two at the moment. Um. Mm. They're playing very heavily on the, the lack of experience amongst them, even though they, they are very good in the ring. You know, the, the sort of they, they they made a couple of mentions in the match about how Angelico was a thirteen year veteran and he had that ring awareness and he had that sort of like, you know, gnarly experience to, to be able to you know, those little dark arts that he was able to do to get the upper hand and so Yeah. They they win. They top top flight weren't hurt at all by this loss. It, it was just no. it was just a nice little, just little bump in the road for them. I was quite surprised that TH two got the win though at the same time. 
I think it, it well it helps give them a bit of credibility as well because top flight are hot yeah. shit and if they beat them then it puts them higher up into the mix. They're on that sort of I'm trying to think where I'd put them on the on the um the tag team hierarchy now. I'd say they're above Sonny Kiss and Jerry Janella, but below anyone in the dark order. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Five and dimes are still riding high, it's all good all good. Um Lutherans are kinda of core right up there. Chaos Project there. bottom, they bottom. Nah. They should, they should be, they should be ranked. Nah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, disrespect, um, my man. After this, um, moving swiftly on, uh, Nile and Vicky accuse Brandy Rhodes of nepotism. They laugh at Brandy because Jay Cargill fucked her arm. Don't really need to say more on that, do we? It was, it's um, it was, it was nice to see Vicky. Cutting a promo without, without really screaming. It was nice to see her cutting a promo without screaming, excuse me, which made it. Excuse me. She was a bit more restrained here, and, bit more, and for that, I think she was a bit more threatening. Like, I, we've said this in the past that Nyla and Vicky are a weird like combination because Nyla doesn't need someone to talk to her, talk to her, talk for her, I should say, <laughs> because she's a really good talker. Yeah, um, but she but can add to that though because in this promo, just having Nyla in the back, yeah. just chipping in like little bits and laughing at the right times, it just made it seem a bit more alive. It was it was quite enjoyable. It was giving me a bit of a vibe of like um, Punk and Heyman. Yeah, similar sort of dynamic. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that I thought it was fine. I was just it wasn't really much to it. No. Um, after this, we got an FDR promo. They're talking about full gear, saying how. For th- uh, this was excellent, by the way. I just yeah. gotta say, saying for three seconds the Bucks were the best tag team in the world, and they're gonna take the titles back off the Bucks. Um, and they, they go into a bit more detail, but that's kind of like the the bones of it. Um, saying how they need the titles, they need to be the yeah. best in the world. They need this, you know, like they live for this shit. Basically, is the sort of yeah. Tully said he wants to go back to um, managing the tag team champions because he knows he's managing the best tag team in the world. Um. This was only about a 20-second, 30-second video package, and it was spot on. Did everything it needed to do. Um, I can't wait for Bucks vs. FDR2. When do we think it's going to be? Could be the next pay-per-view, man. Could be in total February Re- Revolution. February Revolution, yeah. Because they've done a really good yeah. job of keeping FDR off TV after their loss and sort of... You know, I mean, they'll have a new year, a new, a new year, a new year show. So they're doing a beach break, aren't they? Which is like the first week or two in January. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. After this, um, we get the super cringy uncles versus Jericho and Hager. Cringy uncles. Yeah, it was, this wasn't very fun match at all, to be honest. Um, SCU double team Jericho Hager tags in in a circle work over Kazarian lots of shenanigans throughout the match by um, by the inner circle on the outside like Santana sweeps the leg he tries to distract the ref can I just um, say like if there was if there's a candidate for what would have been a dream match five years ago it's probably this one but um, time has ravaged these these gentlemen to the point yes. <laughs> It just went on too long as well. I mean, yeah. I, I thought I thought SEU looked fine in this match. I thought they, they moved around real good. Uh, Kaz, SU Kaz, looked Kaz, 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 Kaz is seemingly ageless. He just like, <laughs> refuse, refuses to get slower. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kaz kept the match going for me, but 
There were times where Daniels looked a bit sluggish. Jericho yeah, looked a bit sluggish. I mean, sluggish. I've, I've been a huge Daniels fan for like a long time, and I, but I think he's starting to show his age a touch. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, mean, I just don't buy the the pairing of Jericho and Hager as a tag team. I don't think they've got any chemistry. Uh, I think they're a, they're not a when poor, they're a poor substitute for let's X gods because you know you put Sammy in there with some actual because Hager can't bump like well he he's, he's a big lump. He can't do anything. He just rolls like there was a point literally in the start of this match where he tagged in, punched Kazarian three times, and tagged out again. Yeah, he's not a very good wrestler. Um. Like yeah. he's not he, he can't he can't cover for the for the Jericho's age the way that someone like Sammy Guevara can in a match. Especially in a, no. in, a in a in a company like AW where the, the, the pace in the ring is so quick. Yeah, that's it. Um so I'm just gonna go straight to the finish for this. Uh Daniel said to dive in flatliner and best moonfall ever on Hager for a two. I mean props I mean to be fair. If I if I if I get to Daniel's age and I can do a BME, I'd be a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and MJF hits Daniels with the dim- the dynamite diamond. Um, Jericho hits a Judas effect um, behind the ref's back, and then Hager pins him to win. Um, it's the finish. It's a mess, man. So you've got like MJF hits Daniels, and then Daniels and then Jericho hits Daniels, and then Hager pins Daniels. So you've got three different guys yeah. who wanted the finish. Which is yeah. just, it, it was just weird. It was just, I don't know. Um, yeah, after after the match, um, Kazarian punches MJF in a set of gang up on him and um, Scorpio Sky makes the save with a chair. Well, he also during this match. You know, um, the, which is the equaliser, yeah. by the way. One guy yeah, one chair. All seven, man, <laughs> all seven men shit themselves and jump out the ring. <laughs> I mean, to be, fair, to, um, to be fair, to be fair, that that kind of encapsulates like the inner circle's mentality. Is like they all want they all want yeah. the glory, but no one wants to be on the ticks to hit. So no one would no one wants to lay, get laid out because Sky's going to hit one dude really hard with that chair before he gets done in. But none yeah. of the inner circle want to be the dude who gets hit, and that kind of mm. ties in with their character and what they are. They're all cowardly dickheads, basically, aren't they? So yeah. yeah. Um, they also announced a battle royal for the for MJF's Dynamite Diamond. So it is that ring that's up for grabs. Yeah, so, they, they actually they actually said that MJF's going to be defending it in that match. Oh, yeah, because he's in it. So is he going to have to put it up? I reckon Sammy's going to win it. I'm going to say no. Yeah. They also announced um, in the promo after the match. Are we, are we at the promo after the match? Are we getting there? Oh. The Kevin Miro one? No, the inner circle one. We're not there yet. But we'll, we'll just address it now. Fuck it. Um, oh, yeah, that was so, later on. Sorry, yeah, that was how I've missed. I've yeah. missed like, two other programs. It's, it's all right. It's all right because then we don't have to like go back to it because um, it's only like a two-second thing, isn't it? Yeah. Marvez interviews the inner circle later in the night. MJF calls Kazarian a coward, and Jericho challenged Kazarian to a match. Jericho was like apoplectic with rage that Kazarian would even dare to sucker punch someone. Yeah, <laughs> having he, obviously just so watched MJF do the same thing to him, which was quite funny. Yeah. He says something about uh, how um, Jer- MJF Jer- might give therapy for the punch. Yeah. Uh, Jericho at the end of it says one specific line as well. I'm going to make you famous. Yep. I thought that was a nice little reference. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to get it in there. It, it, was a nice, it was a nice nod to Undertaker, wasn't it? Let's face it. Like, There's not a lot of people in wrestling right now who haven't been influenced in some way or form by Undertaker. Especially people who've so, been in the business for 30 years. Yeah. Who stood across the ring from Taker once. 
just once. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after the Inner Circle match, we got Kip and Miro. They're about to play him um, on the new Xbox One. Uh, Xbox Series X, I should yeah, say. Yeah, did you notice that the brand new brand new console right there? Uh, Cody's got one as well, yeah. by the way. It's on Twitter. So a X, Xbox Series X is all elite. Cody got one from um, Aaron Solo, didn't he? he yeah, Bailey's husband, and is also a, fr- a member of the AEW Dark roster. Yes, um, bit of bribery, maybe. Um, yeah, a lot. A lot of, to be fair, a lot of AEW. Um, wrestlers have been like tweeting that they've got both. If, if, if Bailey's wearing black and gold on the next uh, pay per view, then Bailey's logo's already basically the AW logo. Start the rumor. <laughs> Fire the boys. Um, yeah, so they're about to play it. They're doing it like a video game review show for YouTube. Orange Cassidy turns it off and then leaves. He, 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 just, he just sort of walks in like deadpan and just like yeah. just looks looks at them, looks at the Xbox Series One. The Xbox Series X gets his finger, presses the button, and it's like, and Miro is absolutely incensed. Yeah, so much so we nearly knocked it off the fucking thing. <laughs> so <laughs> he actually, as he, as he charges Cassidy, he actually shouts that that was a gift from his wife. Lana, yeah. Lana is all he confirmed. Well, she's got the hookup for the uh, for the, the Xbox Series X anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably all the fucking insurance money she's got from going through all those tables. You um, <laughs> must have like a sponsorship deal with like Walmart or something. Maybe they're getting thrown a few consoles on the side to replace you know, along with all the tables they Yeah. Um, so yeah, as as they go, they're like they're in like a, a trailer, aren't they? Um, as they go out, Miro gets jumped by um Chuck and Trent, and then they beat up they beat up um. Kip as well, best friends and and Miro and Kip like brawl off screen. Best Miro friends have gotten really good at this like backstage brawling sort of segments. Like they're yeah. really good at it now. Chuck Taylor put a really funny tweet out because uh, he's Chuck Taylor and that's what he does. Um, where he said something like something along the lines of, "I'm really shitty in the ring, but I'm really good at this brawling backstage shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Trent um, and Chuck like double slam. Kip into a toilet, into a portable toilet, and yeah. the segment sort of ends with Miro just barreling the cameraman out of the way and screaming in the camera for him to get out of his way. Yeah, um, and then they end up fighting more, um, but off camera. But I, I'm guessing we're probably going to get another parking lot brawl. I'm we, okay we, with we that. Can, we can only assume this match, this fight is still happening. Ala Tag Team Apocalypse. Do you, yeah. Do you think um, the bachelor party is going to end up being like a fucking brawl with the best friends? And Billy Mitchell for some reason. Don't forget that. And Billy Billy Mitchell <laughs> just be playing Donkey Kong in the background. Throwing hot sauce at him. Um, yeah. That'd be amazing. Um after this we get what I'm gonna say right now was probably my favourite segment of the night. Um, yeah, I can I can, can give you that. The con the contract signing between Mox and Kenny. Um so my favourite moment of the night. Yeah. Um Shivani's in the ring. He's getting dead excited. He's like, "Right, we're gonna, we're gonna try and do this again, guys." Uh, <laughs> Second time's the entrance. Um, did you make, did you make any notes of what the what Justin Roberts said, Aaron? Uh, he uh, was, no, he, because it, it's all the same stuff. No, 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 no. Uh, he's in the wow. pro, he's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which unlike which unlike the NASCAR Hall of Fame, is not in North Carolina. That's, that's the only thing that is different. There was four <laughs> other lines to that. 
So no, I didn't and, do it. And you didn't take it seriously enough to write it down? No, because it was stuff that I've said before. That's your North Carolina update for the, for the week. Thanks, yeah. mate. Thanks, bit tasty. Very professional. <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> uh, First, I've um, lost my hair. Now I've lost my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Ke- Kenny is like stood with like the silhouette. And as he's about, as it's about to drop, you just see John Moxley sort of like swagger up behind him. Rises up like the fucking Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just beats the shit out of him. Kenny's like cowering. And you see him throw him through like the, the screen, fight all the way into the ring. Um, and then he hits a paradigm shift onto the belt. You say um, he, he basically he, it's, it's almost like a I don't even know what it is it's almost like a brain when he does that nowadays it's, all, it's basically a suplex uh, yeah goes, I, I didn't like the sell of it I think it's just Kenny's sell of it because it was yeah. a table one too it wasn't there was a really cool like visual after this like Kenny's like dead on the floor and he like puts his hand on the belt as he's like trying to crawl forward and Moxie just steps on his hand yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is real nice and then Moxley spits absolute fucking bars. Um, he he, sell, he says to Kenny, whoever whoever attacked him didn't get the job done. Uh, well, sorry, whoever you got to attack me didn't get the job done. Um, he asks for the cleaner, pretty much. Um, and then he says he says that Mox, Moxley refers to himself as the biggest mountain Kenny will ever have to climb to get to a title. There was that great line where he's like, it's just some lines of you've got to dig deep down in your gut and you've got to find the Kenny Omega you still think you are. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, awesome. oh man, that was. Oh. Moxley, like, as far as like cutting a promo to really hype up a title match, I don't think there's many in AEW who are better than Moxley. No. If any, like, he's. His last couple of title matches, when I first saw them, like, obviously the Kenny one's a special match anyway because it's him and Kenny. In an actual wrestling match, not a fucking no old bar match where they're going to be going into fucking spider webs for barbed wire. A garbage um, wrestling match, and that's not against that match because I love that match. Um, but a, an actual like technical catches catch can classic is something different to what Mox has been through. Everyone he's fought has been like either Lance Archer, who's just a fucking brawler. Eddie Kingston, who's like a brawler, but he's more strong style than anything else. Nearly every other match um, he's had has been like a, a giant, it's like a monster slayer. It's been like a big monster that he's had to like yeah. overcome. And like he's had to wear him down and, and like outthink him, outfox him. Like this is the first time he's had someone who's technically probably a better wrestler than him. And he's, he's getting have... he's getting out of Cody's shell, getting out of that monster slayer. Yeah, because Cody's the giant slayer. <laughs> well, yeah. Or Will Hobbs, eh? There's a nice line line for Moxie on this in this promo as well, saying that it's it's not about being funny on being the elite, or it's not about women with brooms. You know, this is time for like it's serious time, basically. PTs and canon. Um, yeah, I I really loved it. I thought it was an amazing promo. He can sell me. You can you can sell anything, Moxie, match wise. Yeah, he makes you can make anything sound like the biggest fucking deal in the universe. Yeah, I'm so excited for this match just I after mean, that one little segment. I mean, this match doesn't need sell. It doesn't need build. It doesn't need a fire promo, but you know, none of this hurts. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They could have they could have literally just picked up where they left off for two two years ago and it would have been cool. 
And then just before Kenny signs the contract, he sort of beckons Tony over with the pen, and Tony looks fucking terrified. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was this was excellent. As yeah. I say, John Moxley is incredible as far as the talk is concerned. Um, but yeah. but he, and he's, he's got he's got the persona, which is very much. I mean, obviously, I mixed the comparison. It's very much like Stone Cold, but like it's maybe it's slightly different. He he comes across as like a really chill sort of guy. And then he, but he references it here. Like, if you poke a bear, you're going to get fucking mauled. So he says, he actually starts his promo saying, you know, we were even, me and you, Kenny, we were, we were done, we were through. Then you better piss me off. Yeah. And it's like, oh. who do we think attacked them, um, Mox? Well, you've got your theory, haven't you? I've seen two now, and there's two that I'm both compelled by with both. Um, one's obviously the one that was floating around Reddit with the hangman thing. Yeah, that's the name I've got in my head, but um, I don't think it other, is. Then the other one, um, which was a guy from What Culture put it up, um, where he was saying like how winter is coming. Winter coming in Game of Thrones th- term was obviously the invasion from the north of the wall by the White Walkers. So he thinks it's someone like you think, it's Paul, you, think it's, you think it's Paul Birchall in Story of Brother of TNA Wrestler Winter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> got me. You got me. Right. Um, in full no, pirate regalia. It, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> WrestleMania's just around the corner, mate. He needs to get. He needs to get on the pirate ship this year round instead. Um, no. It, it, he he said that he reckons it could be the start of like a new Japan invasion. It could be Kenta because obviously Mox has got uh, that match to plug. Actually, now that you said it, I remember that being mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be that. Who knows? Um, we shall see. Um, moving on, we'll go to Anna J versus Karushi the next. Um, Anna Jay comes out accompanied by Ty Conti, who is they go to pains to, to stress is not a member of the Dark Order. Yeah, they they had like the video, didn't they, where it was showing Ty training Anna Jay and Anna Jay's like grown since and she does like stop. It was it was just... it was a really good little little video. I mean this match didn't it get was. much build, but this video did a really good job of setting the match up. Like uh, Anna yeah. Jay was talking about how like she was a rookie the last time she faced um she and she didn't have much of a chance. She was picked on almost. Sheeda says that no matter how hard you try, you know, she said losing is learning, and if you have the Dark Order win matches for you, or if you cheat, you learn nothing. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much, yeah, it was really good promo. Um, Dark Order, well, I say Dark Order, that fucking child, John Silver, um, and Five and Dimes are still on the fucking stage. Yeah, um, they come out afterwards, so they come out after Manny Jay's made her entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, match starts, they trade shoves, um, and Jay goes... Did you notice a little bit in the corner of the screen as the match starts? Like, what colour yeah, like they a, are? Like a yeah. box thing. They did that for the um, SCU and Jericho match as well. Didn't no, they, I didn't, they, I didn't, didn't even notice that. No, I didn't even notice that. SCU were in red and Jericho and Hager were in blue. Well, Hager had like sort of, you know, shit pea green. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> 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 like diarrhea. Baby sick. Um... Anyway, so the trade shoves. Anna Jay goes for the Queen Slayer straight off the bat. She hits a backbreaker. Um, Jay blocks a knee and they brawl outside. Anna Jay works over Sheeda's knee for a lot of this match. Um, they, 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 they stressed before the match that 
the match in Tanada and then the injuries that she just needed she sustained during that match and the, the yeah she's like she keeps saying the knee's fine doesn't she yeah um, but it's all taped up in the promo like really badly taped up yeah um, she either blocks a suplex into a roll for a two and then Anna Jay um, asks Ty Conti for a chair she like ends up like snatching it off Ty Conti like this is weird Ty Conti gets the chair and I say you don't need it she feeds the chair halfway into the ring and is like you don't need this Anna don't do it don't do it bitch you've given yeah. half the fucking chair already <laughs> yeah. just get it um, <laughs> so she picks the chair yeah. up, turns around yeah Rick Knox sees the chair oh, oh, it's, I mean it's it's, it's, it's it's the oldest trick in the book isn't it Rick Knox sees the chair he grabs the chair John John Silver using his sleight of small hands whips up um, the kendo stick throws it to Anna Jay well, what, um, what is a giant ten had it behind his back for the whole thing. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he got. His, he only had one arm behind. Let's face it, one John, arm behind his back the whole thing. John Silver could not like, get his fucking back, could he? You could still see it. Yeah, what is it? a giant kendo stick until Anna J has it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She hits Sheeda in the knee with it. <clears throat> Sheeda get fights out of the uh, Queen Slayer and then hits well, the she Thomas Sheeda with. She, she gets a close two count off the. Um, off the kendo stick and then go straight yeah. into the queen slayer. Yeah. And then she did the Tomashi to win. Um this was a fine match. It yeah. was alright. It was I it's one of them with, that, with AW's women's vision women's division, they're um they're growing, aren't they? They're all growing. Um I didn't have high hopes for this, but I actually quite enjoyed it when yeah. I watched it. Yeah, I, really I, didn't, I didn't dislike. I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was fine. It had just the right amount of fuckery, you know. It had just yeah. the right amount of, you know, John Silver. It had just the right amount of she didn't need someone really hard in the face. So, Not yeah. overbooked to fuck. So no. Um, after the match, as Sheeda's making a way out, talking about well, who's going to be next for Sheeda, and then the second time I jumped out my chair in this one when I was watching this. Abaddon returns and she's like literally dripping blood out of her mouth uh, she picks yep. up the belt and she licks blood all over the belt I cannot wait I she hope picks she up the belt. so when she comes out she literally drops the belt in fear yeah yeah I cannot wait I hope that Abaddon takes that fucking first, belt off either first Abaddon is where she belongs on Dynamite next step Serpentico on Dynamite <laughs> <laughs> Serpentico's <laughs> been on Dynamite. Regularly. Serpentico and Luther, the little shit, they were singing along to Judas before, which they should not be doing. Just yeah, in the storyline. <laughs> they, hate, they hate Chris Jericho. The original uh, death of Luther, Luther being a shit show. Shit show but, you know. well, um, yeah, no, so the, the match, I thought it was it did a really good job of making it. Yeah, it showed us what Anna yeah. can do, and uh, I think she, she, her progress over the last 12 months has been staggering. Well, not even twelve months. Yeah, not even twelve she's been in the company for six months. Yeah, you know she's 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 she's, she's doing she's doing great work, and she's she's got a real bright future. If she, and uh, she's she only twenty two. She's improving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm as I say, I'm. It, it was a fine match. It it wasn't, it wasn't like anything special. I thought I just thought I, but I didn't hate it. So that's always that's always good. Um, after this, we get Matt Hardy giving a, a motivational speech. I've got questions for you about this big tasty. Is this money Matt Hardy we're seeing here? I mean, no, there's, there's, no. There's, de there's definite heel undertones in this. 
Um, yeah. Amaha, do you make a reference about how he has had all these issues to, to overcome this year with his injury and coming back and whatnot and making his debut during a pandemic? And if he can overcome those issues, then everyone else can overcome their pedestrian issues. Sort of very downplaying to the to the sort of problems faced by the general public, which was, yeah, he's not more arrogant in this, in this promo, which is... Yeah, is, it, is this... Is this not the character that he's made in being the elite, basically? It has, yeah. but isn't that like an extension of Money Matt, is what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's that's not a yes or no answer, mate. No. <laughs> like his, his, little, his little smile at the end and everything was just was real nice. I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, he, he feels a bit lost at the moment, Matt. He's, he's sort of just ambling around. Yeah. Um... See what happens, I guess. After this, we get um, a Team Taz promo. Stark well, says no, that. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a Ricky Starks promo. I, more, more than one member of Team Taz spoke in this big tasty. I didn't hear them. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't I, want to hear them, but I unfortunately, had, I had to. I only had ears um, for, for absolute Ricky Starks during this. Ricky Starks. Um, yeah, he, he says that. He says that Taz's son, Hook, and Taz have left, probably gone to Waffle House with Arn Anderson. Um, Stark spits absolute bars on Cody about how he went too far, dis- disrespecting Taz, bringing his son into it, and says they're going to make it. They're going to send a message next week. Um, him and Powerhouse Hobbs over here, and then, like, I don't know why, but that fucking gobshite Brian Cage just opens his mouth and ruins it for everyone. Um, it's alright, it was ruined from the beginning when they were standing in front of a green screen. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I liked it, I thought it added to Ricky, Ricky Starks as a... Oh. It, it, it added to Ricky Starks as like just an egotist. It just seems so flat and low budget and... Oh. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a bit of a th- th- it's a bit of a throwback to um to the, the promo he caught the other night the other week hyping up um full gear. They did they have that sort of like old school like green screen with the logo behind them sort of promo didn't they? And I think it's sort of like an advancement on that. Mm. He talks about obviously in the promo he talks about how Tony Khan treats him really well. He pays him good. He puts him in the main event. And he, yeah, he comes across like he's he's making himself out to be like I'm, I'm so happy that this guy's getting a big push into the top of the card because it's it's just so cool. He did, yeah, he, did, he, he, t- he totally deserves it. He's earned it. He's worked his ass off since he came to AW. And it's as really someone who um as someone who watched them in NWA Power, I'm very very happy to see him doing well because he's fucking awesome. And yeah. he's 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 the guy they were kind of like banking on to be in their like big star for the future. So to see him. Being in a big company, just basically growing from strength to strength. Like awesome. he, he literally came in for an open challenge, and he just picked up the ball and ran with it. And yeah, yeah, respect. Now I think he's probably going to end up taking the TNT title off Darby Allen eventually. Oh god, yes. Um, and it'll be amazing. Uh, after this, we got Butch and the Blade versus Pack and Phoenix, which is our main event for the evening. Um, Eddie Kingston commentary as per. Yeah, this is just your weekly reminder that whenever time you hear it, the Butcher and the Blades theme music absolutely bangs. Yeah. Yes, it does. Makes you want to punch a wall there. <laughs> it does. Uh, and Butcher looked that certainly looked like that because the pair of them meet Pack and Phoenix on the ramp and start brawling with them. 
Um, Before we get into the match, we just have to talk about like how well the Butcher of the Blade have done to like save their characters, basically. Just be yeah. relevant. You know? Yeah, they've gone from being <laughs> like a, they've being NJF's mercenaries to. Well, they've gone from being a meme, basically, to being like one of the most threatening tag teams in AEW. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love Butcher and Blade. I think awesome. the very the very fact that we're booking Butcher and the Blade against Pack and Phoenix, I'm thinking, oh, this match could go either way. Not like this is a sacrifice. You know, this is like this is a, this just shows how well the, yeah. the, the aura they've managed to build around themselves. I mean, Kingston's help with that, and like the match with the Young Bucks help with that, and you know, this, that, and the other. But yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're talented guys, and they they came in on a bit of a bit of a bum steer, and they've been able to they've really change course. Excellently, and the, the yeah, the the way they debuted was shit. Let's be honest, because coming through the ring, <laughs> yeah, and only Excalibur knowing who they are, but expecting us all to know who they are. Excalibur, yeah. thinking that Excalibur thinking that he marks out hard enough, and we all will as well. Yeah, it didn't help as well with Jr. Like, who, who are they? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So the match starts. Uh, Bush and Blade meet, meet Pat and Phoenix on the ramp. Pat throws Blade around the barricade um, and Butcher throws Phoenix into the ring. Pat and Phoenix end up hitting stereo dives on Butcher and Blade. Uh, Butcher hits a big crossbody onto Pack, murders him with it. Phoenix crucifixes Blade and elbows him. Um, Pack throws Blade into the corner and slaps him around. Then they start exchanging forearms. Pat kicks Blade. Blade clotheslines him um, in response to that. Phoenix then tries to crossbody the Butcher because he's an idiot. Butcher throws him around. Phoenix hits a hook kick on him, goes for a springboard cutter, bounces off, uh, just bounces off Butcher and then Pac super kicks him. Um, Penta chops Blade behind the ref's back. Pack and Phoenix double-team Blade. Blade hot shots Phoenix, uh, which Eddie Kingston loses his shit for. And he goes, oh, he hit a hot shot. Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert's my favourite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and every time there's like a reference to like stuff Eddie Kingston watched when he growed up he marked out for it it was awesome um, yeah Blade hits a hot shot on Phoenix Butcher hits sidewalk slam and chops Phoenix um, Phoenix even not Felix um, Phoenix hits a rebound cutter on Blade tags Pack in Pack hits an Enziguri a gorgeous Northern Light suplex for two um, misses the shooting star press Blade hits a power slam for a two Butcher then murders Pack with a clothesline. Um, Butcher and the Blade then take turns clothesline and Pack. Blade hits a Doctor Bomb for two. Butcher throws Pack into the barricade as Phoenix is on the top rope. Kingston runs out from commentary, pushes Phoenix off the top. Butcher and the Blade hit full death to win. Um, That's not full death. It's not a full death. No, they called death. it full death. They didn't. They, they didn't call it full death. Um, full death. When they did it on the chair the other week in the bunkhouse, match, did it. Oh, no, full death is the suplex into the back into the double knees. Oh, isn't it? I thought move. that myself, but then yeah, he the, called... move, the move they hit was it was like the neck breaker power bomb. It was actually yeah, yeah it was the move that SU used to use in TNA. Oh, yeah. I actually thought it was better than full death as well. To be honest, full death looks a little bit awkward. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is if this is the new full death going forward, then happy days. Yeah, um, it looked. I mean, look, I I actually wrote down in my notes full death, and then I, I went and googled what full death was just because I know it was weird they didn't call it that, and apparently it's not that. So yeah, oh, fair enough. I, I thought they changed the name because they they called it that in the bunkhouse match last week. Um, I mean, when Jay was you, you've got to double check on you, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Um, yeah, so after the match, Eddie Kingston DDTs back onto a chair twice. Twice, man. He does it and then he gets up and he's like, now nah, one more time. And then as he's about to do it the third time, Lance Archer comes out with his old music, Everybody Dies. Yeah. Um, he, comes out, he comes out like a feral animal, basically. He dives over the top rope onto the butcher and just wipes him out. And then he fights off uh, Eddie Kingston's family with the Lucha Brothers uh, as um, Phoenix is checking on Pac after the match. Oh, sorry, after uh, they fight them off. Um, and Jake's looking like dead excited about it all. Um, I I reckon, obviously, they were going to do a War Games match, weren't they? Called Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. And that was meant to be last earlier this year, wasn't it? It was, pre- it was, wasn't it was, it? It was meant to be the Stadium Stampede match. Yeah. Yeah, um, I reckon they're going to do blood and go. Obviously, because the storylines have moved, so they can't do it in a circle of uh, steel. <laughs> yeah, there is kind of no elite anymore. So, yeah, I I reckon they're going to do Death Triangle and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston's family and insert person here. Yeah, probably, possibly Mox if he's not doing anything else. What with Kingston? Yeah. Depends what his title story is like, doesn't it? To be fair. The whole Kingston talking about like going to war and then Mox showing up in that promo seemed a little bit too convenient for me. Yeah, just... I mean, I, I really like the, the sort of angle they're running that Kingston's playing like a really dangerous game with really dangerous people and eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to come around in the worst way for him and he's going to get horrendously beaten. Um, yeah. Like Lance Archer is a crazy person who will hurt you for fun and he's not the yeah. type of guy you want to be pissing off. And, yeah. He threw a man through a ceiling tile once. Yeah, we saw it <laughs> on TV. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. There's also the, obviously the, they were talking about our packs going back to Newcastle till the end of the year um, after Thanksgiving, I think they said, which yeah. is obviously today yeah. um, at time of recording. So if that's the case, then happy Thanksgiving if you're an American, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving to our American friends. Um, yeah, if that if that's the case. Um, then it would make sense to kind of have like Lance Archer as like a surrogate for it. Well, yeah, he's just, a, he's just just a big dangerous bastard. You can plug into the to the feud, and he can just beat people up for a bit. He's yeah, a, he's maybe to do, so. maybe come in as like that the big heavy for Pax Faction, and then rename Death Triangle to Death Square, Death, Death Cuboid, Death Cuboid, yeah, Death Rectangle, Death Tangle, Death Tangle. Um, there we go. <laughs> Fixed it for them. You're welcome, Tony Khan. Um, but yeah, that was AW. Um, Aaron, what were your highs and lows, mate? Yeah, I'm going to give Anna Jane Shida my high. I enjoyed it. Oh, right. Um, my low was actually a low, low. Uh, inner circle in SCU because it was just dull and boring. I think I yeah. fell asleep in the middle of it at some point. <laughs> Not going to lie, but that's how dull it was. It wasn't great. Uh, what about you, Big Tasty? Uh, I'm going to go for, for my high. I, I mean, I, I would obviously I'd, I'd say um, I like Dan Jane Shooter as well, but I'm going to give just be some different. I'm going to pick the main event, which were played this Pack and Phoenix. Uh, as a match, I thought it was really good. It started off quite slow and like sort of deliberate and physical and it sort of built up momentum really well and it ended quite frantically which is quite nice a lot of moving parts but again they all sort of came together really really good so I give that the 
uh, give that the up and I my low point. Um, I mean, I want to try and picture one different, but no, it's it's the it's the um, yeah, shade, shade of 2020, 2010 TNA watching forty plus year old guys trying to bump around a ring. Um, Two of them are fifty. I'll have you know. So yeah, I mean, I love all the guys. Well, I love three of the guys involved in SUS, Jericho and Hager. But um, yeah, because the combination just didn't do it for me. It was it was um, yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes four four parts can make something less than four. And we, we certainly saw that that tonight. It just, it just didn't work. <laughs> it just it didn't have that spark. Um, and, and you know, and a, you know, we we say this all the time that <clears throat> AEW spoils us regularly with it quality of wrestling so when a match is only five or six out of ten it really sticks out and it really upsets us and so yeah, yeah. um yeah I, I agree with you um wasn't a fan at all of that match the um SDU versus in a circle match it was just shit um, I did I did eat some cheesecake while the match was on this so I did I still had a good time <laughs> I think I had um I think I had food during that match as well so two of us had food. One of us fell asleep. I, I, had, I, had, I had chicken tacos. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed myself too. Um, I'm torn between two things for my best. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a bit and split it. Um, my favourite match of the night was Hangman Silver. I thought that was really fun. Um, um but I think my overall favourite thing and my favourite segment was the Kenny Mock contract signing. Uh, the whole mocks and. The, the people have been putting on Twitter today about all the, the fact that Mox showing up behind Kenny mirrored, obviously Mox's debut in AEW where he did the exact same thing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just, it was just cool. Um, really good promo. By is, it, well, is it the way that he massive poker shifts around for him to get power down shifted on? Yeah, he just had to, just had to settle for the belt instead, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was really excited for this match anyway. Now I'm probably 10 times that just from this segment, so definitely that. Um, right, that, that was that's us, guys. Um, Aaron, where can they find us on social media, mate? Untitled Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. What about Twitter? Untitled, untitled Rest Pod. No, Untitled Rest Pod. That's Untitled, untitled Rest Pod. I'll put him on the spot to do his TA research. <laughs> um, and it went, it failed miserably. Uh, yeah, follow us on Untitled Rest Pod on Twitter. We've just hit a thousand followers. So Troy thank, will thank be you. Sh- thank you very much for that, by the way. Thank you, guys. Troy will be shaving Dolph into the back of his head as his punishment for that. That's the word Dolph, not a picture of Dolph, certainly. Just the word. Just the word, yeah. I mean, if you can get a stencil of Dolph Ziggler's face, that might be even funnier, but <laughs> nah. <laughs> We'll set for the word Dolph because that's more explaining for him. <laughs> yeah, as always, uh, Ben, do you want to give a little shout out to the brewery while we're here? Um, yeah, I mean, Topper Brewing, uh, com. if you'd like to buy some beer. Uh, we have got new cans going up next Wednesday. That is the 2nd of December we're canning. Uh, they'll be up in time for your early December runs. We do have one more canning run before Christmas as well. So keep an eye out. But yeah. I bought a Don't You Dare Be Sour Keg. A couple of days ago. Oh, nice. Of which? Yes. Don't you dare be sour. Oh, nice. Didn't know those kegs that left. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, as always, I've been Jay, joined by Aaron and Ben. We've been the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. How many? 
How many Vince McMahons does it take to screw a light bulb? None. Light bulb screwed light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs>